You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That is our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and to subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And thank you so much to everyone who watches and subscribes on YouTube. And thank you to all the people who check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, free and available everywhere. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the show. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council. Very simple. Where on Fridays, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked On Panthers, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council if you'd like to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right. The Carolina Panthers have what looks like to be one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. Now, they got to fill some holes on offense, mainly at quarterback, and fill some holes on defense, like in the secondary, possibly at linebacker, defensive line, and get ready for that 3-4 defense that Jero Averro is going to run here in Carolina. I'm so excited to see what that defense is going to look like, especially after talking to my good friend Jordan Rodriguez on the show yesterday. If you missed that, go back. On YouTube, in your podcast feeds, and check it out. She knows balls so well. Knows it way better than I do. Like, she is a freaking X's own nerd. She's a guru. I would not call myself that. I'm more into, like, the narratives and stuff. The X's and O's. Yeah, certainly basis-level knowledge. But, like, what she was out there throwing out yesterday, your boy was kind of lost even listening to her. But I was just, like, sitting back so happy and excited to listen to Jordan break down the game. And I hope all of y'all enjoyed that episode yesterday and everything that she had to say. So go out, check that out. Um, yesterday, um, on the podcast from yesterday. Uh, but either way, we got one of the better staffs here in the NFL, and it looks like that. And they got to figure out the quarterback position. None of this matters. You know, it doesn't matter if you have Gerald Vero here. It does not matter if you have Thomas Brown here. You got Jim Caldwell, Dom Capers, some of these other staffers that have joined over the last couple of weeks. It does not matter if you do not get the quarterback position right. It does not matter what scheme you run offensively. And if you want them to throw a lot or run the ball a lot, if you do not get the quarterback right, and it does not matter what you do defensively if you do not get the quarterback right. So we understand how that is important. But still, we got to continue to take some time to look at this coaching staff and just marvel at the experience and just how night and day it is from what we had before with Matt Rule. And I'm not going to sit here and blast Matt Rule on this episode, and I never really did that when he's even here in Carolina. I looked at it as, hey, he's a college coach. He's coming here. I was skeptical if it ever would work, considering that typically college coaches don't work, and I wanted to give him time going to a third year to try and figure it out because my expectations weren't really high out the gate knowing the background of how college coaches who come here in the NFL don't even have success. Look at Steve Spurrier. Look at Nick Saban. Look at some of the guys who had a ton of success at the collegiate level who then failed at the NFL level. And then look at Matt Rule, what he did at college, which was impressive at Temple and Baylor. But then compare that to Saban and Spurrier, and you got to adjust your expectations as he made that leap. So Rule didn't work out. His staff... 
was not meant for this level. And oftentimes you see, you try to stick with guys who helped you get to the place that you got to. You try to carry the guys from Temple to Baylor to the NFL. And while that was noble of him, it was not the best thing for him. You see oftentimes too, coaches, as they move up levels, decide that, hey, you're great but you're not who I need at this point in time. I need to go find someone of experience and someone who, quite frankly, is a better coach than you, a better communicator than you, and a better talent evaluator than you, and someone who can scheme up an offense or defense better than you can do. And Rule failed to do that. That ain't going to be the problem here in Carolina, Frank, right? Because the dude has already been in the NFL for years as a player, but also the past decade plus as a coordinator, a quarterback coach, and as a head coach in Indianapolis the last five seasons, and now here in Carolina as their head coach and hopefully going to take us into the next era of winning football here with the Carolina Panthers. He was speaking to the media on Tuesday morning about his new staff here in Carolina. And I've been telling y'all, I've been effusive of my praise of David Tepper, something that you probably thought would never happen. Old man Julian out here going out there and saying, oh, David Tepper, carpetbagging Yankee. This guy can't figure out Rock Hill. He can't get the right coaching staff, whether it's soccer, whether it's the NFL, what's going on here. And rightfully so, David Tepper deserved to be criticized. But as I've been telling you, my mama told me, got to give credit when credit's due. And Frank Reich went out there off the bat and told y'all that David Tepper has been outstanding throughout this entire process of putting together a coaching staff that he made it clear from the beginning that it was always going to be my, Frank Reich's decision on the coach he's going to bring in, but he was going to be a part of the process and conversation along with general manager Scott Fitter when it came to hiring coaches. But Tepper also told him that there's no salary cap when it comes to coaches. Not like it's an open checkbook, but he said – There's no salary cap. I'll show you the money. Get me the best coaching staffs and best coaches that can coach these players up, and I will pay them whatever it takes to get him to Carolina, and he did that. So kudos to David Tepper for knowing his role. His role is to write the checks. He can be in the meetings. He don't really need to be saying nothing in the meetings, but your job, David, write the checks. So he's finally found out his role, and it helps when you have a general general manager like Scott Fitterer, who has experience in the NFL, and of course it's only his third year as a general manager, but still 20-plus years in the NFL on the talent evaluation side before that. And then you have an experienced head coach and former player in Frank Reich. This is a better setup than what we had before when Matt Rule first got here in 2020 when it was Marty Herney and Matt Rule and David Tepper. Two inexperienced guys, an owner and a head coach, and then a general manager who had no business whatsoever being in that position at that point in time in his career. Now, looking at this coaching staff makeup, we talked a lot about it. There's a plenty of former coaches or I mean, former players, rather, who are on this coaching staff. There's former uh, – of all positions, whether on offense it's been quarterback, whether it's been running back, whether it's been offensive line, plenty of those guys who have played and coached in the league for 10-plus, 20 years in the National Football League over the last couple of decades – and you got to love the experience. You also have to love the youth that's also on this roster, on this coaching staff. And Frank Reich talked about how, you know, it's a plus that he was able to get guys who interviewed for the coaching job here in Carolina to join his staff. Not just the coaching job in Carolina as far as the head coaching job, but also like Thomas Brown interviewed in Houston for that job. Jero Vero interviewed in all five places where there were openings. You saw Jim Caldwell interview here in Carolina. And now Frank Reich's here. So you have four guys on this staff that all got interviews for head coaching jobs in the NFL this past coaching cycle. And he also talked about the diversity of thought. It's not just 
having two black men as his coordinators, but it's also having people from different backgrounds, whether it's, you know, just the background of what defense and offense that they've played in and coached and been ex- have experience in, but it's the diversity of thought that they're bringing here to Carolina, bringing to his staff, that it allows them to serve the players better. And it's all about the players, something that you heard a couple weeks ago when he was first introduced here in Carolina, that he wanted to balance on his staff from a ton of experience, looking like a Jim Caldwell, and an inexperience when you look at a guy like Parks Frazier, but really – Josh McCown, who has putting a playing experience, but zero experience coaching at this level. You have that balance where you don't have to be all that concerned about McCown and whether he can figure things out here because you have Frank Reich, who's going to continue to call plays. You have Thomas Brown, who's entering his fourth season as an NFL coach, but had 12 years prior to that coaching in college, or nine years coaching in college, 12 years of experience coaching at the college and NFL level. You have all that experience to where you don't have to have a guy who has 20 years of experience be in a certain role that you can balance it out with the experience and the youth that it's not just guys who think they know everything, but it's guys who are learning, but also who are open-minded to other ideals and other principles. And we'll see how that works out, which I think there's a good balance. I'm excited to see, um, you know, how that, that kind of materializes over the next couple of uh, months, of course, into the season. Yeah, Josh McCallan, he talked about him, how Josh, having played 17 years, but also having played recently, he's played in so many offenses that he's been exposed to different styles of offenses that Frank Reich never has been. And that's only going to help them um, here in Carolina. And he talks about Dom Capers, how it wasn't just a sentimental hire, that he's still vibrant as far as being his football passion, his experience, his knowledge, um, and that he had worked with Majero before. And that really, that's a Jero hire, that he wanted Tom Capers here. So it's great to have Tom Capers on this staff. But he's not just here to be grandpa and to hang out, but he's actually going to be a big participant in what's going on here in Carolina. And same thing with Jim Caldwell, where he says his best value for Jim is to be intertwined in everything, not just an offense, not just on defense, but special teams as well. He's going to be all over the building, kind of being Frank's right-hand man who has a head coaching experience in college at Wake Forest, at the NFL level with the Lions and the Colts and having employed um, Frank Reich before, he can lean on Jim Caldwell to go out there and to give it to him straight and to have his eyes and ears on everything within this organization. And at Deuce Daly, the assistant head coach deal is not just a title, that he is going to address the team, that he's going to be kind of that counterbalance to Frank Reich who's very even keeled. He says, Deuce Daly, that's not who he is. He's going to be in your face. He's going to be a very energetic guy. He's a player's coach for sure, but he's going to get after their ass, and that's what you want to see here in Carolina. And certainly those guys are going to respect him because he has played at this level, and he's had success at this level, and Deuce and Frank really got tight back in Philadelphia when they won that Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And I have talked about this before. When you look at a Jero Averro, when you look at Thomas Brown, who Jordan Rodriguez told us yesterday, he's a head coach. And Frank Reich went out there and said today, too, that he believes that Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator, is a head coach. You got three potential head coaches on this roster, and I was wondering on Monday's episode – is the Panther staff too good? Only saying this because they're going to have to go out there and make some staff hires again, maybe next season or in two years, because guys like Avero are going to get other opportunities. Maybe Brown gets another opportunity. Tabor, who, or McCown, they're not going to be here for long, especially if this team has success. But Frank Reich's already a couple steps ahead. He's already thought about how guys on this on this coaching staff can potentially step up to that role to be the coordinator of the future. Look at a Parks Frazier. Look at Devin Fitzsimmons, who's been a coordinator on special teams before in Detroit and other and every other place. He can potentially be the special teams coordinator here down the road. Maybe Jonathan Cooley, who we talked about yesterday with Jordan, maybe he could be the defensive coordinator at the end of the day here. And he's a guy who's been with Avero, 
So he understands what's going on here as far as that 3-4 scheme, and maybe he can put his own kind of touch to it. So I'm excited to see how that works out. But the one thing that really stood out to me when looking at this coaching staff and evaluating just the game in the NFL, Frank Reich has said this from day one. It's about the players. He says that the NFL game is 80 to 90% about the players. Then the 10 to 20% is about coaching. Like that, but that 10 to 20% is a significant difference when it comes to coaching and winning close games. What did the Carolina Panthers do when they had Matt Rule as their head coach? They lost a bunch of close games. Why is that? Yes, quarterback play wasn't great, but the coaching clearly was lacking on Sundays. On the NFL, where everyone's set up to go 9 and 8, 8 and 9, it's a level playing field. You got to be able to find those margins that can get you over the top, that can help you win those close games. Because basically, week in and week out, what you're playing in are one-score games. And all the Carolina Panthers did under Matt Rule was lose one-score games. The quarterback play needs to be better, but the coach has got to do a better job preparing throughout the week and then getting there on Sunday and getting the team over the top. And Frank Reich understands that, which Matt Rule never seemed to understand because it took him so long to get the experience that he needed on his staff so that they could get over the top. And by the time he had them, it was still too late and he still was not up to snuff. Whereas for Frank, he understands it right now that that's how you can differentiate yourself in the NFL by being able to be 100% of that 10 or 20% from the coaching staff, you got to give your all that you have to be basically perfect so that you can make up that difference because the players are great, but you have to hold up your end of the bargain too. And that's one thing that Matt Rule could not do here in Carolina. Not meaning to crush the guy, but just honestly, from what we saw throughout 38 games, just could not do that. Whereas Frank Reich understands it right now from day one. Now, Frank Reich, apparently, is going to call plays. He's also going to have. Jim Caldwell on his staff. Jim Caldwell talked to the media also on Tuesday to explain his role and also to answer whether he thinks he'll be a head coach again. We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, this episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by our new sports betting partner, FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain, plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more of FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. A couple more things from Frank Reich's press conference on Tuesday afternoon as he was introducing his new coaching staff here in Carolina. Talk about a Jero Averro, someone who is very likely to be right back there interviewing for coaching jobs next season. And, and if things go well here in Carolina, you would want to see the guy have an opportunity to be a head coach elsewhere. That he's a head coach, according to Jordan Rodriguez. He also believes that Thomas uh, Brown, new OC here in Carolina, also is a head coach. And even Chris Tabor, according to um, Frank Wright, could be a head coach down the road. And Josh McCallum has gotten head coaching interviews in the past. Now with the Houston Texans, who do things a little differently. But still, he's gotten opportunities to talk teams and. There's a reason why he's now here on the staff. There's a reason why the Texans had interest in him and almost hired him as their head coach. There's four guys on the staff who could be 
head coaches in the next two, three years and depart from Carolina. So Frank Reich's already gotten ahead of it. He's got some guys on the staff who he thinks can uh, potentially be the successors. He also talked about how when uh, interviewing Thomas Brown that he didn't really know Thomas Brown all that well until going through that process. So he had some ideas. I think a guy like Jim Bob Cooter might have been someone he was thinking about being his OC, who's now the OC up in Indianapolis under Shane Steichen. He probably had some thoughts of, hey, these are the guys I want. But when looking at and talking to Thomas Brown, he's impressed by him. That he said that he's going to call the plays to start off. Frank Reich, that is, is going to call the plays. He think that's the best thing for the organization at this point in time. But he's going to lean heavy on Thomas Brown. And he already feels comfortable eventually passing off the play calling duties to him because of just how impressed he's been with Thomas Brown throughout the coaching process as far as the hiring process, but since he's gotten to the building and they've discussed what they want to do here in Carolina with this offense, what the scheme's going to look like. So we don't know how long it's going to be that Frank Reich's going to be calling the plays here in Carolina, but eventually it's going to be handed off to Thomas Brown or whoever ends up being the OC if Thomas Brown is here long enough, I guess, to even take the coaching, uh, take the uh, play calling role here in Carolina. No idea when that's going to be, but Frank Reich is going to be the guy who calls the plays. At least that's the plan right now. That could change. I would still think that probably going into actual week one, he'll still be the guy who's calling plays. I don't think they're going to change that from now until we get to week one, but you never know. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, talking about a Jero Vero, uh, it's going to be a three-four base, and of course, there going to be multiple. He, he brought up the fact that um, only twenty percent of the defense—that's being Frank Reich brought this up—that only twenty percent of the of your defense is really in base, and that you're going to have to be multiple. You're going to have to match whatever formation the offense is in, and so we should expect that to be the case. So don't be overly concerned about oh three four. How does this player? How does that player fit? Can they, do we have enough defensive linemen here in Carolina that can fit into that? He's going to have his base defense, but he's also going to tailor it to the players. And as Jordan told us yesterday, this defense can be a living organism once the players really feel comfortable in what they're doing and what they're seeing in this scheme. But as far as Gerald goes, Frank Reich said that he didn't hire the scheme. He hired the man. He looked at what he did in Denver. He looked at what he's been doing in his career and how he had worked with Dom Capers before. Now Dom is his senior assistant or consultant, whatever it is, assistant, um, that – this is the guy I want here to lead this defense. Like, I, I, I heard a Jero. I didn't hire the scheme. So, really cool to hear him talk about that and kind of give some uh, clarity there as far as the, the base defense, the 3-4, and how that's going to work out here in Carolina. Um, no tight end coach as of right now. Other support staffers and all that will be hired, of course, in the next couple of days, weeks as well. Um, he said about 24 to 48 hours, Frank Reich said, on Tuesday until we have a tight end coaching hire. So, that could be today, maybe tomorrow. We'll see how, where, when that happens, but it's going to happen very soon. And Joe Person, my buddy over there who covers the Panthers for the Athletic, uh, had a question about have they looked at any quarterback, specifically Derek Carr, who I believe is making a trip up to New York to meet with the Jets, and they're certainly a team in need of a veteran quarterback. The Panthers, I don't think that's the route they should go down as far as having a veteran who they actually believe can be their starter for more than just this season, but the next three, four years plus I would imagine that's what Derek Carr would be signing on for if he goes elsewhere, especially looking at his resume through the first nine years of his career with the Oakland, now Las Vegas Raiders. But Reich said that they haven't even really begun the process of kind of evaluating this roster in totality. That Yes, they've glanced over the roster, but they haven't really broke it down at the first staff meeting is today on Wednesday. So not much to be said there about Derek Carr. I would think that they would bring him in. Do their due diligence. Nothing wrong with that. No reason for y'all to freak out, even though I'm sure you will. Go ahead, bring him in, see what he offers, and see if that's the best thing for you to do right now. 
especially if you look at the draft, you don't love any of these quarterbacks, which I, I don't think is going to be the case for the Carolina Panthers. Now, one of the key staffers that has been hired here in Carolina is Jim Caldwell, who coached in Detroit and with the Indianapolis Colts to come to the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning, and once employed the new head coach here in Carolina, Frank Reich, onto his staff there in Indianapolis, giving Reich one of his first opportunities in the NFL as a coach. Jim Caldwell is now here as a senior assistant, not a senior offensive assistant or defensive assistant or special teams assistant, senior assistant. He's going to be all over this entire team. He's going to have his handprints all over it as far as he's kind of, maybe not even handprints, but looking at the overall roster and how things are run and all the day-to-day, he's going to be there to assist Frank Reich with that. That He's not just going to be someone who's going to be in the offensive meeting rooms. He was asked about this if he's going to coach the quarterbacks. And he said, there's plenty of guys here who know how to work with quarterbacks. You got Frank Reich. You got Josh McCown. You got Thomas Brown now, who, I mean, he's played with Matthew Stafford, then was coaching Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's tight end coach, but still, I'm sure they had plenty of interactions, of course, as player-coach uh, relationship there in Los Angeles last year, especially as the assistant head coach under Sean McVay. So you got him a part of that. Parks Frazier, who's a play caller last year under interim head coach Jeff Saturday in Indianapolis. Plenty of dudes on this roster that work with quarterbacks. Jim Caldwell's like, you know what? I don't need to be in that room. But if Frank Reich wants him in that room, he can get him in there. And Caldwell might say that, oh, I'm not going to really be in there. And that might be the case. But there's always the option for him to be a part of those discussions of trying to help that young quarterback out. And I have to imagine that he's going to have a conversation with whoever the rookie quarterback is here in Carolina and get that guy on the right page as he learns and grows and develops here in Carolina. And now you wonder, why did Jim Caldwell come here? Well, the main reason, of course, is his relationship with Frank Reich. Stephen Holder, who we talked to a couple weeks ago about Frank Reich's tenure in Indianapolis, tweeted out how Caldwell's relationship with Frank Reich was the not the only reason, but of course, one of the main reasons why he would be here in Carolina. And, and he also said that Jim Caldwell said that this is one of the main reasons he hasn't been on the staff since 2019, but he's still he's worked in a consultant role. He's kind of come in and talked to some teams and all that. He stayed active in the coaching world. He's talked about the QB summit where he actually met Thomas Brown. He didn't have much of a say in Thomas Brown coming to Carolina to be the OC, but he met Thomas Brown there as a lot, a lot of these young black minority coaches are going there to QB summit to learn um, how to work with quarterbacks and even really just learn more about offense so that they can be better positioned for offensive coordinator roles, roles that now Thomas Brown is in. And then that can lead them then to head coaching roles in the NFL. So it's cool to see that he's here now and that he's still been working with coaches and working with players over the last couple of years while not being a part of a staff that he felt like when he had his interview with David Tepper and Scott Fitter that there's a really good synergy within this organization. And it feels like Tepper and Fitter are on the, right, on the same page. Now Frank Reich's here, they're on the same page. Like, I, don't, I never thought that Matt Rule was on the same page with these guys. I just didn't think Matt Rule was cut out for this job at the end of the day. But now Frank Reich has the experience, Scott Fitter, who's still, you know, learning to be a general manager, but has experience on that side of the NFL for the last 20 years. Now David Tepper, who's still learning on the job as a, as a uh, owner, who's getting better at it. You can feel the synergy. And then Frank Reich just talked about having that balance on his staff and then having the collaboration, everyone being on the same page. You feel that throughout the organization right now, which is why I think a lot of people are excited about the, where the Carolina Panthers are headed. So Jim Caldwell being here, that only adds to that. And it's interesting, too, that he kept his home in North Carolina. You think about it, all these coaches, you know, they live like this nomad life where they're going from place to place, trying to find opportunities, trying to, you know, advance their careers. And you wonder, you know, does their family always follow them? Do they stay put? 
Well, I told y'all how Frank Reich's daughters went to high school with me here in Charlotte at Providence. And I just honestly just found that out recently that that was the case. And when they were in high school with me, Frank Reich was coaching in Indianapolis. So it wasn't like he was around all the time. And you had to look back at Jim Caldwell's career. He spent eight years in Winston-Salem as the head coach at Wake Forest. And that's where his family, he raised them here even when he took the job in Indianapolis and he moved on throughout his career in the NFL in Detroit as well. He had his kids grow up here in North Carolina, go to school here, and they still live here. He's got a couple of sons he said in Raleigh, got some in Clones outside of Winston-Salem. Um, we got someone in Met, Met Hill right here in the Charlotte area. So it's really cool for him to be kind of like Frank Reich, where in a way it's a homecoming for him because he used to be here as a coach at Wake. And now he's back here, 68 years old, and he's kind of found a new role where he's happy. And I think he's going to really pour his whole heart and soul into helping Frank Reich have success here in Carolina. And you just love that. We have a guy like Jim Caldwell. We're going to hear from Dom Capers tomorrow as well, I guess on Wednesday. And he's going to give us some more insight on just kind of why he decided to come back to Carolina after being the first head coach ever. But that's what it kind of gets me excited about. That's not, not kind of, that's what gets me excited about this coaching staff is you already have an experienced head coach in Frank Reich, but you get these guys like Jim Caldwell who said it when asked on Tuesday that he does not plan on being a head coach again at this point in time. Maybe he gets an opportunity, but as we've seen, NFL owners are just not willing to give him an opportunity at this point in time. Maybe they do, but he's just going to be right here where his feet are and focus on this team and what areas you can help elevate this team in by just being Frank Reich's eyes and ears. So I'm excited to see what he can do here in Carolina, and that's exactly what you would want. And even if it was like a younger coach, like a Ben Johnson who looked like the Panthers were first interested in, having someone like Frank Reich, not like Frank Reich, but um, like Jim Caldwell would have been paramount for them. But now you have an experienced head coach, and then you add this to the coaching staff, man, that's exactly what you want to see here in Carolina. So excited to see Jim Caldwell. Happy for him to get this opportunity in Carolina. And I hope as long as Frank Reich's here, he's here. Because those two in his organization, that seems like a good duo for the Carolina Panthers moving forward. All right, we'll take another quick pause here on the show, then come back and uh, wrap up things here as we continue to hear from some coaches later on this week on Locked on Panthers. Frank Reich and Jim Caldwell aren't the only new coaches we're going to hear from this week in Carolina. Going to hear on Wednesday, so later today or tomorrow, whenever you listen to the show, um, from Ajero Averro, the new defensive coordinator here in Carolina. Get uh, some of his thoughts on the scheme and how he thinks some players might fit in. Again, first coaches meeting on Wednesday. Maybe that might happen before or after. I'm not sure. I think they'll probably be in there bright and early, so hopefully he can give us some good insight on how he feels about Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, and some of these other defensive pieces that he's got here in Carolina. We'll also hear from from Dom Capers. It's going to be his uh, second first press conference as a coach in Carolina. The first one going back in 1995 when he was the first ever head coach here in Carolina for the expansion franchise. Now he is here as a senior defensive assistant under Jero Averro, one of the young, bright minds on the defensive side and just really in coaching in the National Football League. So excited to hear what Dom Capers has to say about his time in Carolina before especially that 96 season where they went to the NFC title game before losing to Green Bay at Lambeau Field and also just, you know, leaving Carolina where he's been since then and now coming back, what, 28 years later? So cool to see that. And then Thomas Brown, Deuce Staley, going to hear from both those guys on Thursday. Really excited to hear from Deuce Staley. <laughs> as uh, Frank Reich said on Tuesday, like, I'm even keel, would not describe Deuce Staley as that at all. And when I watched him play, running back in the NFL, Philadelphia Eagles, 
You didn't see that when he ran the football either. So excited to see Deuce Staley here in Carolina and what he's got to say as the new assistant head coach and, of course, a running back coach as well here in Carolina. Then Thomas Brown, Jordan said so many great things about him. I hope you all read that uh, that article that I put out there on my Twitter account, at Julian Council, of her profile of him from last summer and what he's going to bring here to Carolina. She had a lot of great things to say about him yesterday. Go back and listen to that episode. Go back and read that article. The Panthers got a hell of a staff, y'all. Just got to get the quarterback right and, you know, get a pass-catching tight end, maybe another offensive lineman based off of whether Corpus will be ready to go or not. Get another defensive lineman. An edge rusher would be preferred, you know, maybe a power guy on the other side, a Brian Burns, maybe another safety, another corner. There's some holes, but I don't think the Panthers are that far away, especially when you look at this coaching staff and them, you know, the 10 20% we were talking about earlier, them doing 100% of that 10 to 20%. And really getting this team over the top and not losing close games, not losing automatically because the other team scored 17 points. Excited to see what it's going to look like here in Carolina, here in 2023. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie. Again, Julian Council. Make sure to watch our show, subscribe to the show over on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel. Check us out wherever you listen to your podcast, free and available everywhere. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Friday, I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Thursday.